Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's ham radio with Neil Brown. Here we go. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Call in. Let's talk. Neil's your guy. Ham Talk Live. Here we go on Ham Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 174. It's Ruth Willett, KM4LAO, the 2018 Hiram Percy Maxim Award winner, recorded live on Thursday, July 25th, 2019. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Ruth, KM4LAO, or as she's known on Twitter, it's just KM4 Ruth, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show, Bill Stern's NE4RD was here to give an update from the World Scout Jamboree, and they are rolling. They've been doing balloon launches and HF contacts and satellite contacts and everything. So if you hear NE1WJ, give them a call. Uh, but he was here to update us on everything. And also, Brian Tarascal, KG5HVO, called in from Carousel. He's on the Youth DX Adventure and uh, gave us an update on the totals there. And they're back home. But if you missed the show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Or you can catch the rebroadcast on WTWW, that's 5085 AM, Saturday evenings, about 6.30 PM Eastern Time. So get your questions ready for Ruth. If you're joining us tonight live on Thursday, uh, you can give us a call after the interview by telephone at 812-NET-HAM-1. I'll give you the number here again in a minute. Uh, but you can uh, give us a call and ask your question a little later on. It's not time to call just yet, but uh, we'll announce uh, when it is time. That number again, 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. You can also tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter. I'll be checking that throughout the night. So I'll be back with Ruth right after this word from ICOM right here on Ham Talk Live. Heard it, 
worked it, logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that is best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent ones. The IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digicel. And the IC7300 is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. We're not sure what's up with the fifth dentist, but four out of five dentists recommend listening to Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show again tonight. Make sure you check them out at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Tonight's guest is Ruth Willett, KM4LAO. Ruth is now a senior at Kettering University studying engineering physics and mechanical engineering. Originally from Georgia, Ruth uh, spends a lot of her operating time at school in Michigan and her co-op job in Georgia or back home now in Virginia. Um, She is the 2018 Hiram Percy Maxim Award winner, which is presented by the ARRL to recognize young hams. She's also spoken at many club meetings and conventions, including uh, Swodexa, the DX dinner uh, that's always held during Hamvention weekend and the Hamvention Youth Forum. Um, she's been a member on the uh, Dave Coulter Memorial Youth DX Adventure team. Uh, we were just talking about Bryant, uh, KG5HVO, that uh, just got back from that. And uh, they're going back to Saba, which is where uh, Ruth went uh, when she did uh, her DX Adventure. Um, and she's also revived the Kettering University Amateur Radio Club. She is the president of that. And she's been licensed for four years and enjoys all kinds of operating, especially CW and satellites. She's a member of many clubs, including CW Ops, and is uh, featured in the Eris video. Now, the Eris video is played just before each U.S. school actually makes the contact with the astronaut. So it's to kind of get you hyped up and ready to go. Um, for that astronaut contact on the International Space Station, and, and Ruth and Chris are are on that. I got to see that at Hamvention. That was pretty cool. So, Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Neil. It's really fun to be on tonight. And I'm dodging coughing here, so if you you hear the mic drop out, it's probably because I have to cough. Um, but anyway, uh, Ruth, it's good to have you on tonight. We wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things you've been doing and, and some of the things that uh, has happened to you. Uh, so 
first, let's talk a little bit about the award, the Hiram Percy Maxim Award uh, from ARL for uh, Hams Under 21. And um, tell us a little bit about that award and, and some of the opportunities it's brought to you and, and, and what that means uh, to you. It was really an incredible honor to be named the 2018 AWRL Hiram Percy Maxim Memorial Award recipient. Um, as my friends and family can attest, I was on cloud nine for weeks after I heard the news that I'd, that I'd won it. Um, there's so many active young hams in the hobby, and I'm so grateful that the AWRL Board of Directors selected me last year. So the award presentation um, came last year in, in November at the Stone Mountain Ham Fest, and it was so special to receive the actual award plaque um, surrounded by friends and people who've just loved and mentored me for so many years. This award definitely has given me a platform that I'm really grateful for and enabled me to share ham radio with a lot of people. I just love this hobby, and I really want to do whatever I can to help it grow and get stronger. Um, I've been able to, this award has allowed me to connect with more youth in the hobby, offering mentorship and friendship. I've been working on writing different articles and creating presentations that are hopefully both exciting and informational. Um, I'm very thankful for uh, more leadership opportunities that are upcoming because it's very important for me to keep learning and growing and um, improving my skills because there's always, always something new to learn. Just knowing that someone may be looking up at me and um, watching my um, track record in the hobby is exciting um, because it motivates me to just keep being myself, keep loving the hobby, enjoying all types of activities, and above all, learning as much as I can and having a lot of fun along the way. Uh, that's cool. And, and, and that happens. I mean, you know, it, it seems like it kind of snowballs. Once people find out about you, then all of a sudden it just kind of, kind of snowballs and, and everybody's watching. <laughs> so Definitely. that's pretty cool. Well, um, speaking of that, you were able to revive the amateur radio club at Kettering, uh, where you're going to school right now. So tell us a little bit about that adventure. Oh, yes. That's been awesome. Um, it's been a really good learning experience for me getting to restart the Kettering University Amateur Radio Club, or K8HPS. So there was a club at school a number of years ago that had been, been inactive for quite a while. So when I started at Kettering back in 2016, I I was active in the hobby. I was like, I want to start the club up again. So through the next couple of years, I just worked to recruit members, apply for club recognition, and just get the word out there around campus. Um, we were approved, and our first term as an active club was the spring of 2018. So we've been going for just over a year. So far, we've been able to do interesting presentations on a variety of topics with hams from around the country, usually Skyping in and such. It's been awesome. Um, we've hosted a licensing class and gotten a couple of students licensed, and we have plans to do another one. Um, we've experimented with different types of operating and kit building, and we even got to put K8HPS back on the air during the school club roundup last year. Um, that was made possible thanks to some Kettering alumni that brought radio equipment for us to use. It was just a whole lot of fun. I just love that I can share my this amazing hobby with my fellow students and faculty and teachers and alumni. It's just a lot of fun. Um, restarting the club has definitely been an adventure. Uh, science and engineering students were notoriously busy and trying to add in clubs to be active in through our already shortened um, semester. We only have 11 weeks for semesters because we alternate 
between school and co-op, um, adding in clubs can be a challenge. Um, so it's definitely been um, good for me learning how to uh, communicate and get more students interested. But we have a good group of officers now, and we're working on some cool ideas for the fall, this fall term. So I'm hope, hoping we can do some fun events and attract some more students. Yeah, I, I've gone through this process. I, I restarted W9MOK, uh, the University of Southern Indiana, when I was there, and uh, they ha- they had a mop closet. It was literally a mop closet. There was actually water running through um, the drains in this closet. Um, that was our station, <laughs> and uh, we were able to upgrade it and, and get some antennas back up and, and get through all the red tape of the university and, and, and all the uh, um, student boards and everything to get approval. And, and so that is one of the challenges of the the college clubs as well as, as the school clubs um, is keeping it going. You get somebody in there and and you know we'll run it while they're there and then who takes over next and so these clubs are often you know shut down and restarted and it's no small feat so uh congratulations on on getting that going and and you've uh we've talked about that quite a bit and told me some of the things that you know you went through to to get that going and and um you had dan come in and uh, KB six and you and do the, uh, the tech class and, and some things up there to, to get things rolling. And, and the university, um, was able to, uh, to publicize that. some. yes, they've been very excited that we're doing the club. Um, I was not expecting the university to take it and run with it. And they've been so excited whenever we do stuff, they're like, let us know. We want to, um, support you all. So yeah, definitely the hardest thing is trying to keep it going, but I've got another two years of school left. So, I am hopeful that I will, we will be able to recruit more students and keep it going. Now, when you get on the air, I, I hear you on satellite because that's usually where I end up is I have this little 10-minute window of time that I can get on the air and then I'm back to work. And so I usually hear you on there, but I know you're on CW. I know you're on sideband as well. So, so let's talk a little bit about your operating and we'll talk about satellites a little bit too. What do you enjoy about those? Oh, for sure. I just love, um, trying to experience as many, um, types of operating as I can. So definitely my, my peak interests are definitely single sideband CW and satellites. I got into the hobby as many of you probably know. I got my amateur radio license in the first place four years ago because I wanted to learn Morse code. That's all I knew about the hobby. But since then, I've really, really expanded and really enjoyed trying as much as I can. Uh, whenever I'm on co-op or home, usually, or um, with friends who have HF stations, I'm on the air on HF. I love doing single, single sideband and CW, especially CW because that's my first love. Um, but you are right. Satellites have been quite big for me the last couple of years. Um, they've been incredibly fun because operating on satellites really is a perfect fit for my busy lifestyle, kind of like you've already you've mentioned yourself. They really allow me to get on the air easily wherever I am using this incredible form of communication that's always changing, challenging, but fun and adaptable to the gear that I will have on hand. So I have portable equipment, I have handhelds, um, as well as some FT-817s and some handheld aero antennas 
And whether I'm at school in Michigan, in between classes, if I'm on lunch break at work or driving home, if I'm home in Virginia, or just driving around the country exploring or moving in between these places, I can just get on the air wherever I am. And it's so much fun just having this easily portable equipment that I can just get on, have fun, um, get some rover credit, and make adventures. Um, So, and it's just, I just love this thrill of communicating with someone through a satellite that's literally orbiting the Earth. Uh, The community of satellite operators is pretty small, um, so there's people always willing to share their knowledge and advice, and they've really helped me do become the satellite operator I am today. There's so many people that I've asked questions about different aspects, and they've just been so willing to help me or send me files with um, frequencies if I can't find them easily and so forth. So I've currently only made uh, voice and digital QSOs on satellites, but I am gearing up, and my next goal is to make some low-power, definitely low-power, CW contacts on a linear satellite as well, just so I can say I've done it all and low power so that I don't um, flip any satellites. Yeah, you don't flip the satellite. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, seven especially. You you, you, uh, overwhelm it, and it's going to flip modes on you, and and that's not good. Yeah, but it's the goal at some point. So I love it. It's so much fun. Well, well, you know, I, I enjoy hearing you on, and when you get on, I hear people calling you like crazy. You've got the YL factor going for you, so you get the extra uh, 3dB, and uh, you you create a pileup, whatever you're on, and I always uh, enjoy hearing that, and, and I try to jump in there as well, and, and I'm going to have to get some more grids from you over the years here, but... Um, Let's talk about this Eris video for a little bit. Uh, this this was a really cool project. I, I actually had kind of heard about the project before it got rolling, and and they wanted some some young people to uh, be on the video and get kids excited about um, talking to the astronauts on the space station. So tell us a little bit about this video. Yes, I'm so glad you brought it up because I absolutely love that I got to be a part of this project. Um, It's definitely been one of the most unique experiences I've had in ham radio, and I'm just, like I said, so happy I got to do it. So back in 2017, I believe it was, um, the AWRL was working with ARIS, and they wanted to, like you said, create a video, a short video that's shown before ARISS context to get people interested. So the video we have explains um, to students how ham radio is making their contact happen and just a general overview of what the QSO is going to be like. So I heard about this because Chris, KD8YBJ, and myself were invited to be the student hosts on the camera. So we were going to be in front of the camera and talking to the kids. It was I'm so thrilled that they asked me to be a part of it. I was just, um, I always loved space and ham radio and the ISS, and just getting to be part of this was thrilling. So we ended up shooting the video um, back in 2017 at the Dayton Amateur Radio Association Clubhouse with an awesome team um, after the uh, Dayton Hamvention that, that year. It worked out well since we were all in the area. So they had made up sample scripts for Chris and me to use, um, and we worked through them to create the video. Um, so Tom, uh, Whiskey 8, Whiskey Tango Delta, um, he was the video director, and he was superbly directing this entire thing with his video crew. And it was just such a fascinating process of working with them, figuring out um, if Chris or me would say which lines, um, interacting with each other, and just being filmed for the entire thing. 
I love, as you may have told, I just love sharing my excitement for ham radio with others. And this video really gave me a unique way to do that. Uh, I'm just thrilled that Eris uses the video now. I've heard um, so many positive comments from teachers that they, it works so well and the students get so excited about the contacts and they understand what's going on and the teachers are so excited to have something to show. And I've had a couple people who recognize me from doing the video, which was like, I was like, wow, this was a couple years ago. And it's just <laughs> cool. Um, and I'm just so thankful that in this, this small way, I can be a part of these hundreds of successful ISS contacts that take place like every day. It's just really awesome. Well, and we're going to have to get you involved in, in one of those contacts, but, but we'll talk more about that later. So uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back and take your questions for Ruth, and, and I think maybe we'll we'll talk a little Wimploda or something when we get back. So uh, we'll take a break and uh, get your questions ready to go, and we'll open up the phone lines here in just a minute after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm having an antenna party and I ran out of PL259s. Oh, come in. Thank you. Would silver-plated PL259s from Tower Electronics be too good for your guests? Those will be fine. Thank you. You saved my life the other night. Oh, the PL259s from Tower Electronics? Yes, they were very successful at the antenna party. My antenna works like a charm. Then how can you ever thank me? I'll try to think of something. Don't be caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics at a ham fest near you. Or visit them online anytime at pl-259.com. Or call 920-435-2973. They have adapters, cables, antennas, soldering supplies, and meters too. What's that call sign again? WB9VPG. That's right, Delium 9 Bainte Pterodactyl Nat, right? Join the conversation. Give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks, as always, to Tower Electronics for bringing Ham Talk Live your way each and every week. Their Ham Fest schedule coming up. They're going to be back out on the road soon, August 4th. They're in Berryville, Virginia. August 10th, Huntington, West Virginia. And August 17th and 18th at Huntsville, Alabama. But you can catch them anytime at pl 259 Com. And you can catch Ham Talk live anytime on the podcast, but we're live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time at hamtalklive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your calls now. So if you have a question for Ruth, call 812-NET-HAM-1. 812-638-4261. Now is the time to call 812 812- Six three eight four two six one, or you can tweet us. It's at Ham Talk Live on Twitter, and if you're listening to us on the podcast or on WTWW, you call the number 
nobody's going to answer because we're not there anymore. It's Thursday night live right now. So uh, we won't be there. We've got a couple of tweets here and uh, let's, let's start off first with this one. Um, Ruth, this is uh, Jacob KG seven EQN tweeted in earlier today. And he says, what advice do you have for a father of two girls? Uh, one age six and one age four. That is a great question. So, um, I'll go, I'll start with the ham radio side of things just cause I figure that's half the question. Um, I first off, congrats on having two daughters. It's awesome. I have two older sisters myself, so girls are awesome. Um, so ham radio wise, there's just so much to enjoy in the hobby. And since you're already licensed, I'm guessing you may want to get your daughter's license. So I just encourage you to take your time, introduce them to different aspects of the hobby. There's so much to enjoy and they may like different things that you never even thought you might enjoy. So definitely I would encourage you to, when they're ready, to um, introduce them to different parts of the hobby that they may be interested in. And of course, the, a big, huge thing for me was finding good clubs with supporting hams. Um, I've had so many incredible mentors who've turned into honorary grandparents and uncles and aunts and fr- just friends, and they've truly changed my life. So I know there aren't um, good clubs everywhere and depending on where you live, but if you can, try to find some good clubs that'll be encouraging and welcome you and your family in the hobby. I'd say the biggest thing is definitely don't overpressure them if they want to get their licenses because that may that'll turn them away. They're like, that'll turn them away if it's too much pressure but just show them through what you're doing how fun it is help them get on the air using third party using your own call sign and be ready and able to help them when and if they want to get their licenses so so you can have a lot of fun together uh, some of my best memories in the hobby have been when my mom got licensed i got licensed first and then my mom got licensed after me as sharon cam for tvu and i've just had so many adventures in the hobby and most of them or were made even better because she was there. Um, anything other than ham radio, I would just encourage them um, to, to try to help your daughters be well-rounded. It's it's a wonderful thing to experience many different types of life, and it's I love the fact that my my parents were committed so that I could enjoy both science things and music, and I, those are two things in specifically that I've enjoyed and carried now into adulthood. Definitely enjoy that precious childhood time. I have so many good memories from when I was those ages. And just encourage them to follow their passions and be supportive of whatever they end up doing. So that's the best I've got. I think that's some good advice, uh, which I've told this story a million times. So I'll tell the the short version of the story and, and not bore everybody with it. But I got my license when I was five. And had it not been for a good radio club. I don't think that would have ever happened. Uh, you know, they had the, the class set up and they had an age limit of 13 on it. And, but they were willing to let me come in and just be there with dad. And all of a sudden things started to fall together and, and they figured out, Hey, this kid can do this. And, and so if it hadn't have been for that club that, that was 
you know, willing to work with my dad and say, yeah, you can bring him along. He, you know, as long as he doesn't make any noise and, you know, disrupt the class, you you can bring him along and you don't have to get a sitter, you know, (laughs) and it turned into, uh, you know, doing this. And and the other thing that I'm going to throw in here is people always ask me, how in the world did you study for the test when you were five? And it was flashcards. So we matched up flashcards. So we had the question on a card, answer on a card, and and matched them up. And, and of course, Morse code. I just had to learn Morse code. I mean, that was that was the class part of it. But the theory, we we kind of made up questions and made up answers and matched them up. And and so I could figure out how to to do those. So if you make it into kind of a game kind of thing, maybe that will uh, that will help if you're looking into that. So I don't want to take take away from uh, Ruth's time here, but just had to throw that in. Uh, we've got some more tweets and some comments and, and Chris uh, Bloxham's listening tonight. So Chris, thanks for listening. And he says, hi, Jill, even though I haven't seen Jill say anything yet, but Jill is probably listening. So hi, Jill. And uh, Katie WY7YL is uh, listening tonight. So thanks uh, for doing that, Katie. And, um, and here it comes. We were talking about this during the break, Ruth. We have a question that's come in from Sean, KX9X. So so here you go. She was she was saying Sean was telling her that you know he was gonna give her all these tough questions tonight. So so here's your question from, from KX9X. What aspect of ham radio intrigues you that you haven't tried yet? Ooh, that is a good one. Thank you. So let's see. I think the biggest aspect of the hobby that I have not had the chance to do much yet of are fox hunts. They just, the whole search and rescue and trying to find things and hide and seek and going, wandering around with this antenna that I'm used to carrying around anyway for satellite contacts. Um, So I think the biggest thing that I'm intrigued by would be fox hunts, that whole, the whole theory behind it. Now that I've done more, um, those types of classes in college, as well as just wanting to experience it. So I definitely say fox hunts. Okay. Yeah. We we enjoy fox hunts at at school. We, uh, we do them and excuse to drive around for the first part. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Multiple clubs clubs I'm in have done them, but I've managed to be like my club in Georgia did one, but I was in Michigan. And then, so I, I managed to be in the wrong part of the country when they're doing them. So I'm definitely, it's on my bucket list, top of the list, probably. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I know that, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to do that down the road. And again, we'll talk about that later, but, uh, I know you're going to, going to get a chance to do that and, and you'll probably have several more chances to do that, but they're a lot of fun. It, it gets, uh, you know, the high schoolers, they like to drive cause that's new. And, and so they, they like to go out and do that and, and uh, go find those hidden transmitters. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, 812-638-4261 is the phone number if you'd like to call in, or you can tweet us at HamTalkLive, and we'll take some more of your questions. But I want to talk about some special events, because I know you really like special events. And and if you want to call in, go ahead and call in. We won't uh, worry about uh, the interruption. Um, and, oh, and... Jill says she's in the chat room. Ham chicks rule. Okay. So KDAQTA, she's here. Uh, so great. Uh, but you do a lot of special events and, and I, I guess got to talk about 
one of my favorites because it's one of my favorites. It's Wimploda. And I know you were out of the country for Wimploda this year, but you were still helping out trying to, to help get it publicized and organized and everything. Talk a little bit about some of these special events and, and let's at least start off with, with the Walmart parking lots on the air. That's a great one to start with. Yes, I love special events. Um, just connecting with history or something randomly fun like Walmart parking lots, it's just exciting to me. Like this past couple weeks has been a thrill just chasing all of the Apollo 11 50th anniversary stations. Um, yes, Walmart parking lots on the air. That is very fun. So it started for the first time last year. I know you talked on the show about it, but basically satellite operators, we were all like, well, there's, we are, we're operating from Walmart parking lots a lot because – they're very flat, and you get a fairly good horizon if you're on one side of the parking lot or the other. So we decided to, on spur of the moment, on Twitter at like 11 p.m. at night, as these things happen, we decided to create Walmart parking lots on the air, and it has gone from there. Uh, so much fun. So basically, we just go to a Walmart parking lot on the air, go to a Walmart parking lot and put it on the air. Um, and we can find like a Walmart uh, store designator online easy enough to do and you get different bonuses for doing different things like um working a transatlantic contact which i did last year because my very first transatlantic con contact on a satellite was during walmart parking lots on the air which was thrilling um you can get bonuses for good things like buying stuff from walmart or putting shopping carts away or completely loony things like um, operating shopping cart mobile, which of course I had to do, which was a thrill. Um, so yeah, I've operated that we've had two, no, we had three Walmart parking lot on event, Walmart parking lot on the air events. I have just cause of schedule. I've operated in one of them had a ton of fun. It turned out that I was in, I was on the outer banks of North Carolina and in some rare grids too. So I got to activate rare grids from a Walmart parking lot right next to the ocean. It was beautiful. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a bit nerdy, but it's very enjoyable and just just a lot of fun to do. And keep looking for it. We're planning to hopefully do it again next year. There, there's two things that I love about this, and you know, one is it allows you to do some some crazy things. You know, there, there's you know, you go build your own antenna, the MacGyver award, you know, or, or the, and there's something with like a tinfoil hat or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Alien. Yeah, yeah. The alien award or something. Yeah. Wall Martians or something. I, I don't remember, but anyway, but, but the other thing that really just made this fun was everybody just kind of started making up rules and, and awards and, and bonuses and stuff. And they would make up these awards that were either impossible to get or impossible for anybody else to get but themselves. And it was just, you know, the old Roy with Roy. You know, you, you, you take your dog with you to the activation, but your name has to be Roy also. Yeah, I have no shot at that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm out of luck. I'm I'm gone. But but for Roy, it worked. You know, uh, so <laughs> it's it, was, just, it was just it's so much fun <laughs> to make all these things up. Oh yeah, having fun, not taking yourself too seriously, and learning stuff along the way. I mean, there's 
there's there's a MacGyver award for buying parts in Walmart and putting together an antenna and making a contact. And a lot of people did that, and it was so fascinating. That was like my favorite part was going through and looking at all these pictures that people had built their own little aero antenna from Walmart stuff. It's very fascinating. Yeah, you go to the camping area and get, you know, in the kitchen area and get, like, you know, forks and, you know, rods and stuff, and you just put it together and and it works. So, oh, it it is a good time. So we'll have to talk about uh, some more special events here uh, in a minute. And, yes, Old Roy is the name of their dog food. That's why, why Roy got involved. But then there was an operator um, named Roy on, on satellites, uh, Jill threw that in there. Um, but we've got a couple of tweets here, so let's, let's get those. And then if we have time, we'll come back to some of the special events. Uh, Carl KD nine HQT says we need to add more cats on our QRZ pages, just like Ruth's. And, and I will, I will second that motion, uh, completely Allie. <clears throat> is is laying here about uh eight feet away and she is sound asleep but she has been known to meow on the show um <laughs> that's and, great and if you haven't seen this you may not have seen this i i, I this summer I, i'm working on some uh, some video to use at um julie and i's wedding next summer and and i found some old home movies and had them digitally converted. And uh, Bert, my cat, who, who actually looks a lot like Allie, um, you know, I, I'm sitting there copying Morse code, and and Bert gets up on top of the radio and starts batting the top of my pencil to where I couldn't copy code because the cat was, you know, getting in the That's way. And, and it's hilarious. So so I put it up. I put that up on youtube so so you have you have to check that out uh but yeah we we we, we need the ham cats i there. try to do my part to that yeah my cats half the time my my radios are when i'm home my radios are like they're they're perched so that they can look out the window but they always come in when i'm on the air so definitely ham cats are the best oh uh, they are i haven't uh haven't got Allie on too often, but uh, but she does meow from time to time. Oh, she got up and and walked off. So, oh well. All right, here's another uh, tweet from uh, somebody. Here's uh, Dave W four DTR and uh, wants to know what did you like the most about Impota and uh, what was the most fun part and what did you learn about ham radio from National Parks on the Air. Ooh, it's also a really good question. So that's Dave, W4DTR. Uh, that was my very first mentor, actually, in the hobby. So, hi, Dave. I'm glad you're listening. Yay. Um, so, <laughs> National Parks in the Air was incredible. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. It was at the perfect time because I'd just gotten my license, my technician license, in 2015, and I upgraded to general the first week of January. So, I get general, and there's all these people on the air, and they're fun fun to work because i absolutely love national parks our family has visited so many parks so i think the most the one i liked the most about national parks in the air was connection with history you're working parks and you can go look up the park and see what it's all about and learn about it and 
just connecting with the park and seeing, connecting with the people that are there. Um, so that was definitely the historical part that I loved. What was the most fun part for me was getting to meet up with other hams to activate parks. So at that point in time, I still don't actually, but I didn't have any mobile HF equipment, but I wanted to activate a park. I wasn't going to let this whole year-long event happen without me activating a park. So every, every single one of my 20 activations were due to somebody else lending me equipment and letting me get on the air from a park. Either we would meet up like we did with um, Bill and Will, um, and we met up with Dave a number of times, um, and we met up with Stuart, KB1HQS up in Virginia. So they were willing to help me and so I, so I could activate a park with their equipment. Or um, we took my own equipment, piled it all in the car. This was actually on the way to and from my school, my freshman year of college. On the way to school, I was activating parks. Uh, and Dave let me borrow some of his um, mobile antennas and batteries. And I brought my own radio and got to activate it from the car. So that was uh, the most fun just getting to activate and thanks to the community of operators that were there and willing to help me operate it. And what did I learn about ham radio? Oh, a whole lot. Cause it was my, f- my first year on general. I mean, my first year as a general and then an extra and my first year on HF. So it really taught me how to operate on HF, what the protocol was, how to handle a pileup. Cause the first time I got on, I got a pileup and I was like, Whoa, I didn't know I'd be this popular. And then I worked, um, Kay Craigie who, former president of AWRL, and I was like, whoa, I was stunned. It was incredible. So just getting to learn how to operate on HF, on single sideband and CW, just that invaluable on-air time was has been invaluable and um, was the has been the basis for so many adventures in the hobby. 812-638-4261 is the phone number if you have a question for Ruth or tweet us at HamTalkLive. We're just about out of time so if you're going to do that you need to do so right now it's 812-638-4261 i had a a similar experience on napoda i I went to my hometown and and i was thinking oh you know i need to go down there because no one's going to activate this park you know it's kind of you know out in the middle of nowhere and and nobody's going to go to vincennes indiana to, to activate the park and I get there, there's already somebody there. <laughs> and they like, yeah, this is like our third time down here at the park, you know. And they let me use their uh, their antenna because my hamstick setup wasn't working like it should have. And so they stayed around, let me use their antenna just, you know, long enough to, to, to grab a few contacts. And, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> there were all kinds of people out there doing it. So that was... That was cool. So kind of a similar experience sure. there. Well, before we go, Ruth, let's, let's get back to the special events. What, what other special events are, are kind of your, your favorite ones? Ooh, so I love the 13 colonies. Um, I've operated at a Georgia station a couple years ago. Again, I was out of the country this year, so I wasn't able to do that this year, but I love that event. I've gotten clean sweeps on it a couple of times and, I was literally bouncing up and down in my room and waking the rest of my family up. The one year that I managed to get the the, the Great Britain station, I was thrilled. Oh yeah! So that's a lot. Of fun. It's or just, as it's Paul a- calls it, unobtainium. <laughs> um, I also you can't ever worked, hear them. Yeah, that. But you know, it was made this challenge good. Um, yep. I also have worked the. Uh, 
can't remember the road. It's the route. It's the route. It's route 61 or something on the air. 66. Yeah. 66 route 66. I haven't driven that way. So I don't know road names over there, but yeah, route 66, I've worked out a couple of times. I've never gotten all of the stations, but I've worked a number of them. And then, Oh, the Navajo code talkers. That one is so much fun because the Navajo code talkers were code talkers in world war two. And there, I read an incredible book about them, and that book was talking about Morse code, and that was one of the books I was reading right before I started, right before I started teaching myself Morse code before I got into ham radio. So I've worked that special event the last couple of years. I've like they're they're running it out in Arizona, and I've been able to make contact with them for a couple of years and gotten a QSL card. So that's been very special to me as well. Okay, very good. Well, I think we've got all the questions in, and and the clock is ticking here, so uh, we're going to finish things up. But I think we've got uh, got all the questions uh, answered that have come in tonight. So thank you to all of those who participated in the show tonight. And and Ruth, any final comments before we go? I think I'm good. We just about covered a lot of things. Uh, thanks again for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to um, talk on, talk on what I like to do in the hobby. Talk with you more and get to interact with some more folks in ham radio through questions and etc. So really appreciate you having me on and have a great evening. All right. Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest Ruth Willett, KM4 LAO, and, and oh, wait a minute, we didn't get the unicorn in tonight. There were no unicorns used in the making of this show. So everybody on Twitter was like, wait a minute, there's no unicorn on there. So we yeah, have the unicorn. I'm, yep. No, I'm known as unicorn on satellites just because I'm a YL. I'm on the air a lot and people get so excited to work me. So, so it's fun. Yeah. Well, thanks to Ruth, the KM4LAO, for uh, being on the show, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in, typing in, all that, and invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark Brown, N4BCD, is going to be here to give us a preview of the upcoming Huntsville Ham Fest. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, just go to hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Uh, on iTunes or wherever you listen. That helps others find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.